everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. How's everybody doing? Man, it's awesome to see everybody here this morning. Uh, it's a blessing to have every single one of you here. If this is your first time here, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. You are very welcome here at Miranatha and specifically at Citizens. Uh, we meet every Sunday morning, and as Trent said as well, we meet on Tuesday nights where we just address things that are on your mind. Um, today, we're going to be continuing our series in the book of Galatians, as you can see. We're in chapter 3 today. We've gone over the first two chapters, uh, parts of them, in the first couple of the weeks that we've been together. And as we've already been able to, you know, see for ourselves, as we've already established, uh, this book has a pretty consistent, overarching theme to it. it this, this keeps coming up. It's very clear. Uh, to us, and we've already talked about it as well, but as Paul, he writes to these churches in Galatia, the question that he is constantly answering is how can you be justified before God? And his message, again, is very straightforward, it is simple, and it's consistent with the same message that he had gone to the churches there, or before he had established those churches, before he had planted those churches, he had gone there and evangelized to them. The same message that he is sharing with them now is the same message that he had shared with them then. And that message is this, that we can only be justified before God by faith in Jesus Christ, nothing more and nothing less. And he goes to great lengths to emphasize this over and over and over again. And he does this with the purpose of addressing some of the things that were going on in that time, right? There was, after he left, these people that came in and started to distort the gospel, um, started to teach something that was not what he said, was not what the Bible says, is not what God says. And so he is writing to them as this distorted version of the gospel, you could say, as it started to become increasingly popular, he is writing to them, and he's not necessarily angry. He loves them. He cares for them. He had evangelized to these people, right? He had brought the gospel to them, and he had shared with them, and they've accepted Christ while he was there, and he was a part of that, and so he has this bond with them, and he's writing to them in order to address the things that are happening there, and he is writing to them because they are seemingly drifting away, pulling away from the gospel by adding to the gospel. And these Judaizers, these, these people that have come in and have started to share this message with the people in uh, Galatia, the Galatian churches, they are also minimizing uh, Paul's uh, apostolic uh, authority, right? If you want to diminish what somebody says or what they're communicating or sharing, you target their character, their reputation, their credibility. And so they were, again, diminishing that, uh, trying, trying to tell these people, hey, Paul, he, he is not necessarily who he says he is. And again, he emphasizes to them, listen, my calling is not from man, it is from God. And it is on that authority that I share with you these things. It is on that authority that I can share with you the truth of the gospel. And we see that in the first part of this book, the last two chapters that we've been on, 
He shared parts of his personal testimony. He shared about himself. He shares and shows how this truth is real through his own personal experiences with the gospel. We saw in the last chapter his encounter that he had with, uh, with Peter. And we talk about a little bit of his own personal story. What's interesting this morning, and as we'll read here in just a second, in chapter 3, he goes from talking about his own personal testimony and his own personal experiences with the gospel and turns it on them. He says, don't even just look at my own life, but look at your own experience with God. Look at your own life and look at the encounter you had with God. When you experienced the gospel, when you came to know the gospel, when the Spirit came to you, think about that. Remember that. And we'll see here, this is how he starts this next chapter in chapter 3. And we're only going to be in the first couple of verses here, five verses in the beginning of the chapter. I encourage you to read the rest of it. But this is what he says. He says, O foolish Galatians, Who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Before we get into today's uh, message, let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time that we have to be together, to be able to open up your word, to be able to study um, what you say in your word. I pray that we would be challenged this morning. And Lord, I pray that uh, your words would be, uh, speak true to our hearts and that we would be attentive, that we would listen. Um, and, and, and do our best to learn from today and, and, and go out into our lives, Lord, different uh, than how we arrived this morning. Lord, we thank you and we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, let me ask you this. Anybody here like to cook? Raise your hand. Let me see a show of hands if you enjoy cooking. Right. <laughs> Maybe not as much as you. Now, let me see. Do you like food? Most of you should, yeah. Most of you should raise your hand at that point. Um, <laughs> well, let me, let me just preface this by saying this. I am not a master chef by any means. I am not uh, Chef Gordon Ramsay. I am not a professional at cooking. However, uh, I will say this. I do like to cook. Uh, my wife, if you ask her, will probably tell you I don't cook that, that much. I don't cook very often, and she's probably right. Um, but when I do cook, I really enjoy it. Um, I like food as well, for those of you that raise your hand about that. Um, but I also like uh, being different and trying different things. Uh, and the, the same goes for the way that I cook. I like, of course, to make certain things. I feel very comfortable cooking certain foods, uh, food that I grew up eating. Um, but I also like to try to be adventurous, learn different techniques, watch videos, um, you know, watch the Food Network, whatever it is. I love all that stuff. And so... One example that I can think of when I'm, you know, thinking about trying different things is this one time that I was trying to cook my wife's lasagna for my family. Now, I don't know if you guys are in here and you guys like lasagna. I will say this. My wife has the best lasagna I ever had in my life. And so first and foremost, I just got to give credit where it's due. Um, You know, know, up my wife, praise her a little bit. Um, But one of the ideas that I had was like, well, 
you know, my family's coming to town. I want to cook something special for them, you know, do something nice for them. Uh, and so I was going to make this for them. The only problem is my wife was going to be out of town that weekend. So I had to learn, had to prepare in order to make the lasagna for my family. Now, as we were going through it step by step, I was watching her do it. I was doing it myself. I had seen her do it before I'd done it with her, but just a few days before they came, a week or so before they came, we did it again. We, we, we cooked it. We got the recipe. She explained to me what I needed, how I needed to do it, for how long I needed to do this and that. And I was like, yeah, okay, we got this. Enjoyed our meal. Fast forward a few weeks later when my family's on their way. My wife is no longer around. I can't use her uh, as a crutch. I can't rely on her to do everything. I have to do all these things. And, you know, I, I waited till the very last minute to get all the ingredients that I needed. And so I went to one store. I couldn't find certain things that I needed. So I just compromised on the ingredients, got ingredients that were as close as possible to what I actually needed, but did that. Uh, when I got home to prepare it, um, I also didn't have as much time as I thought I did um, because I ended up messing up. So I had to redo it. Um, but then somehow I still burnt it, which is, I don't, I don't know how that's possible, but all that being said, whether it was because of my negligence, because I thought I had it, I knew what I was doing, my pride got in the way, the end result was not at all what I was hoping for. Um, fortunately for me, the jeopardy with that is not all that great. Right? There's nothing incredibly serious about me messing up, right? My pride, my laziness, my negligence, my confidence. Obviously, that was tarnished a little bit. Uh, my, my family still makes fun of me for that day to this day. And it hurts a little bit to know that my credibility is, you know, no longer the same as a chef, but it is what it is. There, there wasn't anything very serious at stake here, right? My, my own... Uh, for my own reasons, right, whether it was the pressure of having to perform or do certain things, the expectation that was on me, the, again, the, the pride maybe that I had in not writing things down, not actually measuring out the things that I needed to do, um, again, my, my unpreparedness, all these different variables that affected me, somehow I just forgot. Everything that I had not only seen my wife do, not only seen her do, but I was doing it, you know, with her, alongside of her. I was learning as we went through the entire recipe, and I had all these things in my head. I, I understood it. I didn't just understand it, but I knew it. I had experienced it. Somehow I forgot everything. It just went away based on every, every variable that I just mentioned. And again, nothing serious was at stake here. There, there wasn't eternity at stake but in this case, when we've been reading about the Galatians, it was. Eternity was at stake. They were forgetting the gospel, which is essential to their lives. And they were forgetting it, and, and it's important for us to understand that they were forgetting it. It wasn't just something they didn't know. They knew the gospel. This is something that Paul had already shared with them. He himself had gone there, and he shared and evangelized with them. And now they've forgotten that gospel. It's not just a gospel that was in their minds that they understood and had heard of, right? Sometimes we hear of things. Um, my, my cousin is 
I don't agree with this. I think he's crazy for saying this, but he says, I don't need to ever go skydiving in my life. I saw a video on YouTube once. I know exactly what it's like. I said, well, that's not true. If you watch something or if you hear of something, actually doing it is completely different. Experiencing it for yourself is totally different. These people didn't just know of something. They didn't just hear of the gospel. They didn't just hear of what Jesus did. They knew it for themselves. They had accepted Jesus into their lives. They had accepted the free gift of salvation. It had changed them. And yet, they began to forget. Started walking away and leave that gospel behind. And what we see here is Paul call them out and say, Oh foolish Galatians. Oh foolish Galatians. Verse 1 He's not attacking their intelligence. He's not saying, hey, you're not smart. Man, you guys are so dumb. Man, you guys are immoral. He's not, again, focusing on their lack of intelligence, but it's more along the lines of a lack of wisdom. When he says, oh, foolish Galatians, he's talking about someone that has the knowledge of something but does not use it. And man, do we do that a lot. We do that so often. And we can look at the Galatians, see in, verse, in these verses, like, man, how could you walk away from something that you know, but aren't we at fault of, of doing that time and time again? Things that we know, things that we have experienced that we know to be true, that are real, and yet we just forget them. Because we just, I don't know, take somebody else's word for it. Pride gets in the way, we get lazy. We forget things that are real and have... impacted and and changed our lives, in this case, the gospel. And he's reminding them of the things that he taught them here in this verse. He says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. He had taught them this. He had showed them the gospel, and he was calling them fools, not because of their lack of intelligence, but because they knew the truth and they had forgotten it. And then he goes, because, because of this, he goes, who has bewitched you? Right? It doesn't make any sense. How can you forget something that you have experienced for yourselves? What he's saying here with this word bewitched, it's almost as if this spell was cast over you. Right? Um, me and my wife, it took us a while, but we just finished binge-watching um, the Harry Potter series. Um, I don't know if you've, Yeah. So we finally watch all the movies, um, and uh, anyways, in that series, in those movies, they are literally bewitching people. Uh, there are spells that are being cast over people, whether it's for them to forget things, whether it's for them to um, be seduced into doing certain things, for whatever reason that it is, this obviously is not quite what he's saying. They're not literally being um, bewitched. There's not a spell or a curse. There's nothing specifically like that on them. But it's the same idea. What, he, what he's getting at is that their minds have been clouded. They can't see right. right. It's almost as if somebody's controlling them because they know the truth. They had experienced it, seen it for themselves, and yet somehow their minds are not in the right place. And he's asking more or less, hey, what's gotten into you? What's going on? How did this happen? 
They become somehow hypnotized, so to speak, because their focus was on themselves and not on Jesus. And Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified to them. As we read there in verse one, when we read that word portray, really the translation, what you can see that as is to be painted, right? Um, To be set up almost like a billboard. And Paul didn't literally go around setting up billboards of Jesus and the gospel. Um, You know, the ones that we see on the side of the road with like, hey, you need a lawyer? Uh, Did you get hit? Or you need your money now? And there's like some guy like this with a phone number, like 1-800, whatever it is. It wasn't like a 1-800 gospel text to find out more. Like there wasn't these little signs, but he went around to all of them and, and around all all of Galatia there and and painted this very clear picture of salvation through Jesus alone. And they were all familiar with it. They all knew it. And yet somehow, although they were familiarized with the truth, they were walking away from it. These people, they were believers. They loved God and yet they were acting foolish. As if somebody had cast a spell over them, forgetting what was once so very clear to them. And again, we can do that as well. We too can get off of, you know, off of track, whether it's by clinging on to what other people say, um, believing and taking their word for it, and, and not stepping back and actually questioning, hey, is this true? Is this biblical? Right, so, that's so important for us today. It's necessary that we have that mindset, but how many of us actually have that perspective and that attitude when we think about the things that we hear? We know that in the world today, we are constantly being told things that aren't true. But be honest with yourself. Do you just embrace and accept everything and anything that you hear, whether it's because it's your friend and you care about them, or it's an authoritative figure in your life maybe it's a teacher and whatever you're learning in your school oh they must know what they're talking about they're a teacher whatever they're saying must be true the government's telling me something or this person's telling me something it must be true or because everybody believes it oh i have to believe it as well when do we ever take a step back and actually ask the question is this true is this coherent it, does this along does this go along with the bible god's word you know i love the bereans and in acts 17 we find these people um uh, these people from the city called berea in macedonia uh, these are our people that paul preaches to during his second missionary journey and this is what it says about them in chapter 17 of the book of acts Um, verse 10 and 11, it says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Paul, he came and taught them And as he taught them, they went and searched the scriptures to make sure that what he was saying was actually true. How many of us, if we're being honest, you don't need to raise your hand, but how many of us, the only time we ever really open up God's word is when the pastor on Sunday does it for us. 
or we open up the Bible to follow along. We don't ever look at it or reference it in our day-to-day lives. It's not a part of our lives. It's not something that we ever go to as a resource, as we should. These people, when Paul comes and teaches them, they go in and make sure that Paul is teaching them truth. And, and Paul, as we know, is one of the most faithful, devoted followers of Jesus. It's, he's a Christian hero for us. And yet even he, they are making sure that what he is saying aligns with God's word. How much more so then should you guys do that with my teaching, with the teaching that you guys hear uh, on Sunday in, in the main service, and, and anywhere, albeit. And not just teaching in, in, in the church, but anywhere with whatever you're hearing thankfully you know we have a we have a, a a staff here that is dedicated to preaching god's word but i can't say that that's true for everywhere else but how can we ever discern what is true and what's not if we are not familiarized with god's word or not seeking the actual truth from god's word itself and again, it's so much more than that. It's, it's important because it's not just the teaching that I'm talking about, but it's just everything else that we're hearing. Whether it's the world talking about your identity, whether it's the world claiming that, hey, your truth is your truth, you know, this and that, all these things that we hear on a day-to-day basis, does any of that stuff align with what God actually tells us? Are those things true? We should be running to God's word, checking to see if those things align with what he says. You guys know who they are for the most part, and if you don't, I have these good friends called the Louvises. That's their last name. They're not both called the Louvises. But John and Kelly, they just had a baby not too long ago. Um, And if you know babies, if you've ever seen a baby, uh, some of you, uh, no, I was going to say some of you look in the mirror and you'll see one. No, but you know who you are. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, uh, babies, if you know who babies, uh, if you've never seen a baby before, you know babies, what do they do? They eat absolutely anything and everything, right? They have no discernment. They do not care. They'll just eat rocks. They'll pick up anything that they can find and just put it in their mouth and they'll eat it. That is not what God wants for us when it comes to our spiritual maturity. When it comes to the things that we embrace, the things that we believe and we put into our minds that shape the way we live, right? We shouldn't just pick up anything and everything and just believe it, accept it. Uh, It's just so important that we use this sermon and understand what belongs in our lives, what belongs in in the Christian lives that we live and what the Bible says. Does this match up? And in this case, the Galatians were not doing that. The Galatians weren't doing this despite of all of their experiences. Even though they should have known this was wrong, they weren't. And Paul knows this, and that's why he asks this question in verse 2. He says, let me ask you only this. And you know you're in trouble when somebody asks you, hey, let me ask you this. Because they're going to hit you with some truth, and you're going to, oh, man. 
You know, he already knows the answer, right? If somebody asks you that, there's a good chance they already know the answer. But he asks this question knowing their response most likely. He asks, hey, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? He says, just answer me this one thing. Remember when Jesus changed your life? Hey, you remember when you were filled with the Spirit? When you gave your life to Christ? How did that happen? How did that go down, right? Was it because you were a perfect individual and you deserved that and you earned that? Or is it because you believed it and you received it from God? Some people think that you have to earn this gift and that's what they were being taught. You have to earn salvation, that it's not sufficient to look at what God has done through his son, but we have to earn it. Just a few weeks ago, uh, February 1st, was my birthday, right? My wife, sched- you know, she scheduled all these different things, planned these different things, surprises. Um, you know, my family came, um, and they gave me gifts. My wife gave me gifts, all that stuff. All those gifts I received, none of that I earned, right? And we all have a birthday, and we all know what I'm talking about, but you receive gifts, and whether it's your birthday or it's Christmas, you receive gifts. But let me ask you, what did you do to deserve those gifts? Nothing. You don't deserve or earn gifts. A gift, by definition, is because it is free. It is given to you. And this is a gift. We received it, and we can receive it, and it is free. The Spirit is not a prize that we earn. We can all assume that hearing this question, again, they already knew the answer, and they knew that it was by hearing with faith. And of course, Paul, he also knows the answer. That's why he asks them. And this is why he follows up in verse 3 with this Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by or ending with the flesh? Uh, again, for all of us, this is the case. For those that have accepted Jesus into our lives, that have uh, believed and placed our trust in Him. We all have received the Holy Spirit by faith, not because we deserved it or because we earned it, but by believing and receiving. They have come to know Christ through those means, and now, how will they grow and mature? What does their their life look after that? Does all of a sudden it change? Does it go from believing and receiving, having faith in Jesus, to all of a sudden changing to, okay, now I have to earn and I have to deserve these things? No, it doesn't change. It continues to be by believing and receiving. They have received the greatest gift of all by faith. And all of a sudden now they want it to change from faith and put trust in their own obedience and what they could do Let me ask you, how do you relate to God? How do you relate to him? Is it by grace or is it by the law? When it's by the law, you relate to him by the principle of earning and deserving. God will bless me if I'm obedient. If I do the right things, I will earn his favor, right? Earn in some way 
brownie points with God, earn his favor, earn blessings from God. If I'm good, I'm blessed. But if I'm bad, I'm cursed. Why? Why do people think that way? People think that way because they relate to God and they have a relationship that is based on their own performance. And that's a system of law in the way the Galatians were being tempted to think. But Paul, he says again and emphasizes them over and over again that it is not by the law, but it is about grace. And under grace, we are blessed. God says, I love you. And I embrace that. I believe that. Do you believe that? Do you understand what that means? Or are we trying to live a life that is based on what we can do for him instead of rather what he has done for us? To live any other way is to be foolish as the Galatians are here, as Paul says. And we have to be careful that we don't do that and we are not deceived into thinking this way because we can. The evil one saying he couldn't change the fact that they were saved by faith. But now what he could do is to tempt them and lead them away from thinking that that is the way they should continue. He wanted them to think that they now grew and were to mature not in their faith through faith but through their works. And that's not true. That's not true. From beginning to end, as we see here, nothing more, nothing less, as Paul continues to reiterate, it is all about faith, trusting in God, and it is important that we not lose sight of that, especially today as well. It happened then, and the message was the same then, the message is the same today. And I say it's important for us today even more so because of the messages that we hear. You know, in order for the people to be tempted and led astray, people had to go out of their way to go to them and tell them. People had to leave wherever they were to come tell these people in Galatia, hey, what he said was wrong. Nowadays, you don't have to go anywhere. Nowadays, you just turn on your phone and you're hearing a bunch of different things that are not true. You're bombarded with lies and you don't even have to move an inch. Somebody else doesn't have to move an inch. If it was dangerous for them then, how much more dangerous is it for us today? For us to not use discernment and wisdom and cling on to what we know to be true. Don't be foolish. Be wise. He says this, did you suffer? Did you experience, in other words, did you suffer so many things in vain if needed, if indeed it was in vain? What's interesting here is that apparently they had suffered already in the hands of people that were uh, legalistic. And he asked them, hey, if, was all that suffering for nothing? Or in other translations, it would be, hey, all those spiritual experiences that you, that you had, all those wonderful spiritual, uh, spiritual experiences, was that for no purpose? You received him by faith, but what good is it now, now that you're trying to work, uh, walk by works? And he, la uh, and he ends here in the section as we'll end. In verse five, he says, does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? He drives this point home once again. 
which way is it going to be? Are you going to live your life by the works of the law or by hearing by faith? We are saved by hearing with faith. Our means for justification does not change once we are saved. In your own experience, the Holy Spirit came to you. For those that have accepted Jesus into your lives, the Holy Spirit has come to you through trust and faith in God. And my encouragement for you is to build on that. Build on that. It doesn't change. From the moment that you are saved and, and onward, continue in the same way. It is not about what you can earn and deserve. Just want to end with this. As a child of God, I want to remind you that He loves you. He knows you. That your blessings are from Him. In Ephesians 2 and 4, uh, 4 through 10, um, this, is what, this is what it says. It, only verses 8 and 9 will be on the screen, but I want to read this entire passage here for you. This is what it says. But God, being rich in mercy because of great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his worksmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. Remember, if you're um, not blessed, if you're going through a difficult time, remember it is not because God is angry or mad at you because you don't deserve it. And if you are blessed, and if the Lord, uh, and you can see him working in your lives, do not get ahead of yourself and think that you deserve that. Do not be prideful. Again, it is nothing that we do. Again, it is only what God has done. Set your eyes on Jesus and do not be as they were bewitched into thinking that your relationship with God is based on your own performance. It is only what he has done. There is one gospel message for all people as we've seen, and that is only through Christ, only through faith in him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you again for this time that we have to open up your word and, and study God's word together. Um, get to look at these truths and be reminded and encouraged to be aware and alert of the things that we hear and the things that we consume, the things that we believe and put into our minds, the things that we know to, to be lies, not just from our own understanding, but through our own personal experiences, Lord. We, we, we know the truth sometimes, and it's so easy for us to dismiss it. I pray that we would not, that we would cling on to your truths, your word, and, and to do that consistently. Thank you, Lord, for each and every life here, I pray that you would uh, just continue to work in their hearts and their lives, and I pray that as we head on out today, Lord, that you would uh, just be with us. Um, we thank you, and we pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much. Good morning, and citizens.